Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is another episode of Sports Rants and Takes with David and Blake. I'm your host, Blake, as always, and I'm joined by my co-host, David. How are you doing today, David? Oh, we're doing fine. Good All to be right, back. Well, yeah, it's always it's always good to be back here recording another episode right ahead of the Super Bowl. Thought we would come back, you know, uh, remind people that we still exist. That you know we are still alive. You know we're alive and kicking, getting ready to watch a a very interesting Super Bowl matchup. One that probably not a lot of people picked at the beginning of the year. We're also going to talk a little bit of NBA trade deadline, as that's been you know really the hot topic on a lot of sports radio and talk shows. Uh, David, let's you know get right out of the gate. Who do you think's taking it the Super Bowl Sunday, and why do you think your pick is going to come to fruition? Oh, put me right on the spot. Um. Very question. Um, you know, everyone wants Joe Cool to win because, you know, it's Joe Burrow. Um, you know, they you know, beat the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, they're the new Patriots of the AFC. Everyone hates them. Uh, but I'm going to be honest here, boss. Um, that uh, Rams defensive line with, you know, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, um, all the boys, uh, that Cincinnati Bengals got that boo-boo offensive line. I have to go with the Rams here. Um, but in my dreams, the Bengals do win because, you know, sorry, Matt Stafford. You ain't never going to get that ring. But, uh, yeah, I'm, don't get me wrong. I mean, if, if we were just going by X's and O's, uh, everything in your mind tells you that the Rams have the advantage here. But the one problem I have with the Rams roster is that it seems like, a lot of their elite players decide not to show up a lot of the time. Uh, for example, uh, there's a lot of games where, don't get me wrong, Aaron Donald is like unbelievably dominant, but there's there have been a lot of games this year, a lot of big games this year that, that, that they played that he has showed up like not at all. Like he's almost like, like you'll watch games and you'll be like, oh, is Aaron Donald like literally even playing? And then, and then the very next game he'll have like three sacks and, He'll like single-handedly wreck the entire game plan for the other team. Really, the steady hand of the Rams is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is going to get targets. He's going to get receptions. He's probably going to catch a, catch a touchdown. But if I was a betting man, I put the house on everything regarding Cooper Cup. But other than that, the problem the problem with me is is I honestly couldn't tell you how the Rams are going to show up because they have they've been consistent enough to get to this point, but. Over the past couple of years, it's been Have very they? inconsistent. Yeah, that's or what I'm saying. Just lucky. That, that's that's what I'm saying is they've been they've been very 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 streaky in the, these past couple of years. Like like for example, everybody everybody thought because they got to the Super Bowl and the Patriots, you know, the Patriots wins weren't weren't that impressive that postseason and all and all the things like that. The Rams had the seemingly way better roster. They had the seemingly way better offense. Uh, and then they get <laughs> they they get into the game, and Sean McVay's fucking hitting clipboards on chairs and shit because he has no idea what the hell is going on. Because every single time he runs the ball, it's it's minus two yards and a cloud of dust because Bill Belichick just put him in a fucking cage and he couldn't do anything about it. So so could you see the Rams show up 
and Joe Burr just goes for about 400 and Jamar Chase and T Higgins just go off and Joe Mixon is catching balls out of the backfield and they're just they're just throwing a party on the Rams and you're like how the hell did this happen do not be surprised if that does happen but conventional wisdom would say that the Rams probably are going to win and if I had to like so put your gun like put a gun to my head and say what team would win it'd probably be the Rams just because as you said the defensive line but that minus that that plus four and a half bet on the Bengals it's looking better and better every day dog I'm just gonna let you know right now it's looking better and better every day in my opinion yeah yeah I could see it um interesting thing here though you know the Bengals they got a pretty good receiving core you know Jamai Chase T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and then they got, you know, the tight end, CJ, you know, Uzma. I think he's healthy. He ripped his brace off at their little Super Bowl, like, I don't know, like, party thing, but Jigger at the Bengals Stadium. Yeah, uh, he said that he had a sprained, I, th- I believe it was MCL, but I'm pretty sure he said that he was going to play. So, with that being said, though, who, who, does Jalen Ramsey go up against? Um, the thing about Jalen Ramsey is, uh, even when he's played like really, really elite receivers this year, like for example, uh, when he played when he played uh Devonte Adams uh last year, I don't remember if they played him this year, but also when he also uh when he played Mike Evans in the in the uh the championship round or the or the divisional, divisional. excuse me the divisional excuse me uh, he didn't he didn't even like he doesn't start out the game like trailing a receiver he's not like people think that like oh it's Jalen Ramsey he's a man-to-man corner he's just gonna lock one receiver down that's not what he does he they they run a very very soft like shell zone and they don't put Ramsey on a specific receiver unless the receiver is is fucking him up so that's what happened during the during the division round with Mike Evans Mike Evans was basically the Bucks entire offense so then they put him on on Mike Evans and even at the end of the game Brady still got going with him a little bit but but that's what I'm saying is like is Jalen Ramsey's gonna start on a certain side of the field and if like depending on who gets going they're gonna put him on him but the problem is 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 that I'm not sure the Rams secondary is is elite enough to cover all of these targets like the Bengals have a very very like underrated they have a lot of underrated depth and I'm not sure that like people understand that like the Rams are not gonna like shut them out. Like this is not gonna be like a 28 to seven like slaughtering like people think it's going to be. Like it's not going to be like that at all. And if and if you think that, then uh I don't know, dog. Bet bet that that under and you know bet put your house on Rams minus four and a half. And I guess once Joe Burr proves you wrong, I guess you'll you'll know afterwards. But I don't know. I just I just don't think that the Rams are worlds better than the Bengals are, like everybody else is saying that they are. Yeah, I could see what you're saying. And also, I don't like if you watch the NFC Championship, I honestly think and it's gonna be controversial. But very controversial what I'm about to say. I think that the Rams got lucky against the 49ers. That was the 49ers game to lose, which obviously in great Kyle Shanahan fashion, they choked their lead and they lost. Because if you think about it, if they don't drop that one pick, 
They don't get the touchdown. Yes, there's still a lot of time on the clock, but, you know, then the 49ers have the ball. They have time to burn the clock even more, maybe get some points out of it, a field goal. You know, even a field goal makes the biggest difference in the world for that. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, and Aaron Donald really wasn't a factor too much in that game. I think Von Miller was more of a factor. So, uh, you know. Yeah, that's the real. That's that, that's that's the real thing. Is that now the Rams basically have built the Harlem Globetrotters on on defense. So somebody is going to show up. Who it's going to be, I have no earthly idea of who it's going to be because it could be Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald could from the interior. He could have three and a half sacks. Von Miller could beat the brakes off of their right tackle and have three and a half sacks. It, it wouldn't matter. But another thing is the Bengals, they aren't slou- they aren't slouches either. So they, they got that pass rush is coming. So in the Rams and Stafford, they can get they can get shaken. Stafford, especially Stafford has played some very bad games this year. Uh, a lot of people uh, think that Stafford basically can do no wrong because he's he's the Rams quarterback but uh I don't know if anybody has watched the Tennessee Titans game highlights but that was maybe one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback play and uh that was the same Matthew Stafford so if Matthew Stafford you know gets hit early you know gets rattled a little bit uh they start they start coming after him and the Bengals have a very good secondary so Matthew Stafford throwing a pick or two in my opinion, is probably pretty likely unless he can get going into the rhythm pretty early. So this is definitely going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, if you think about the Rams defense, um, outside of their defensive line and Jalen Ramsey, it's kind of mediocre, to be fair. I'm sure I'll say it. Some bums, some bona fide scrubs. The Rams are going to be without a safety. They're starting safety. Um, Jordan uh, 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 Fuller, he got injured, I want to say, I think in the regular season near the end. So they got the backup safety in, so they're without him. So it could be it could be a lot more interesting. And, you know, also with that Bengals defense, it's almost like that no-name defense of the Dolphins. You know, you don't really know a lot of players on the Bengals defense, but they're sneaky good with, you know, Trey Hendrickson and – Sam Hubbard on both sides, and you got the fat boy DJ Reader up the middle. Um, not a bad, not a bad linebacking core in my opinion. Got a couple good white boys in there. Then you, you got Jesse Bates, and you know Von Bell is your safeties, and then you got the burnt piece of toast. You know Eli Apple. So you know, yeah, a lot of people. See what uh, I'm saying, dog? A lot of people are going to say, "Oh, that you know, it's going to be." Maybe like a de- maybe like a defensive game. Maybe it'll be like the offenses. will be like like mitigate like mitigated in a way. But there's definitely nah, you a can't hold my guy down, bro. Uh, there's definitely a possibility that it flips 100 completely on its head, and you see a shootout. There's definitely a possibility of that because the Rams, the Rams and Cooper and Cooper Cup could definitely get going on that secondary if. If uh you know if the Rams you know are balanced with uh with Cam Akers and and the boys and they can run the ball and they get off a of play action you know they can definitely cause some problems because William Jackson is a very is a very good corner but other than that it's not looking great for the for the cornerback position for the Bengals 
Uh, this, don't get me wrong. The, the, both of the safeties have been playing out of their mind this year. But the problem is, is that you get you get those safeties down in the box on the play action and some of those corners, you get them one on one with an island. And all of a sudden, Eli Apple's on OBJ and, and OBJ runs a runs a stutter and go and he's 70 yards to the house for a score. And that's all it takes to to blow a game open. So it's it's going it, to you know, it's a little it's tick and tack anytime, you know, you get to the Super Bowl. It's the two most elite teams, the two most battle tested teams of the year. So. It's just gonna. It's just gonna come down to really, in my opinion, I think it's gonna come down to which quarterback plays better. Um, and in my opinion, Joe Joe Burr is a uh, a lot better than Matthew Stafford. So controversial. I don't believe that's controversial at all. I don't think that's a controversy at all. That I mean, in my opinion, in my opinion, Joe Burrow. If playoffs were included, Joe Burrow would be my MVP. So you're my MVP. I appreciate that a lot, but <laughs> but uh, but all I'm saying is is that the MVP award is really stupid uh, because it doesn't include the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers should not be the league MVP because uh, he was on the back of a milk carton against San Francisco. But other than that, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Super Bowl, yeah, the Super Hello. Bowl is coming up. You know, everybody, you know, be safe. Don't do anything stupid. Don't drink you know, and drive, morons. You know, drink and drive. Don't be stupid. Uh, but other than that, yeah, you know, just wanted to hit on the Super Bowl a little bit. You know, everybody knows. I mean, it's one of those things you don't really got to talk about it that much. Like, All right, I got one I got one question, though. All right. I know you had my man, Matt Gay, in fantasy football. But yes. it comes down to a field goal. 55-yarder to win it. Who I'm putting taking? my life on it. I'm putting, putting my you, life you take on it. Matt Gay. Gay to kick it, or are you I'm taking ever, Evan McPherson to kick it? Okay, okay. Realistically, if it was my life, Evan McPherson because he's he's hit like a million clutch field goals this year. He hasn't missed in the playoffs. But for the memes, uh, for example, just just a little bit of context for this question. Uh, David and I were talking. We're talking the other night, and I was I was listing off insane prop bets for the Super Bowl, like what color Gatorade, like they pour on the coach, like uh, whether or not Eminem swears during the halftime show, like crazy stuff like that. And uh, one of the prop bets was Matt Gay winning MVP. And for the folks at home, uh, it's very unlikely that a field goal kicker wins the MVP. I think the last one was Adam. I think Adam Van Terry was the last one. Maybe. And I'm and I'm not even sure if he if he won it. He's the only one that would even it would even be that I would even think would have even won it honestly because of how many clutch field goals he's hit. But. Right. Matt Gay is plus fifty five thousand odds. So, for example, if you put a dollar on on Matt Gay, it was like you win like twenty five hundred or something. And and that that's where where this Matt Gay talk comes from. And uh, don't get me wrong, I, I I put a dollar down. Don't get me wrong. You know, Matt Gay might might hit a field goal. Well, give me my twenty five hundred. Might at the end of the game, you know. The score might be hell. The score might be three to six, and Matt Gay hits both the field goals, and he's he's MVP dog. I mean, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. You know. Yeah. Other than uh, other than uh, the Super Bowl talk, you know, just wanted to, you know, give our thoughts on the game. You know, everybody everybody's gonna be watching it, so it's not really gonna be. It's not. It's not one of the things where you don't really have to like raise awareness for the Super Bowl game. Obviously, it's like the biggest event of the year, like the biggest sports event in America. 
every single year. So, I mean, you don't have to raise awareness for it. People who don't even watch sports watch the Super Bowl, so it's like whatever. But I just wanted to give our thoughts on the game and all the players and stuff like that. Uh, but a very big, the very big news for the today and this week, uh, other than the Super Bowl, is the NBA trade deadline. And obviously the biggest trade is James Harden going to the Sixers in exchange for Ben Simmons. Um, Trash. David, maybe one of the biggest NBA trades in a while. Uh, the the Nets obviously, you know, get Ben Simmons, Trash. and they don't get they don't get James Harden. Uh, you are saying trash and garbage so i assume that you do not approve of this move by the nets i mean we got to do something you know they've lost like what eight straight games or something crazy like that so they got to do something ben simmons was never going to play for the 76ers ever again so they were trying to get him out but they're asking for a lot i guess the nets thought you know hey we don't need james harden to win you know we got katie and kyrie uh, let's get some defense. You know, obviously Ben Simmons is not known for his scoring, but he's known for his defense. I will say he's a good defender. So, I mean, then they also get Seth Curry out of the trade. Seth Curry actually shoots a higher three-point percentage than his brother. He's, you know, he's a good player coming off the bench, good role player, can get you, you know, 20 points if need be. So, you know, it is a fair trade, um, but I think that the Nets just made – the 76ers, the best team in the East, and they got them looking like contenders with James Harden now. Do you think that James Harden really wants to play for the 76ers, or do you think that he only agreed to it because he just wanted to get out of Brooklyn? Or do you think that after this year, James Harden will stay with the 76ers? I don't know. From what I've heard, I saw something before we started this. Uh, apparently, Kyrie wanted him out of Brooklyn, so maybe Kyrie kind of forced a trade to get James Harden out of Brooklyn. Well, yeah, that, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like, do you yeah. think do you think that that James Harden just agreed to the 76ers trade just because he was like, ah, whatever, I want to I want to get out of Brooklyn. You know, Kyrie and Kevin don't want me here anymore, so I'll just go somewhere. Do you think that it's a possibility that he pairs with Embiid and they're they're so I good think, that he yeah, I think I think it's something with that. Maybe pairing with Embiid and you know Tobias Harris, um, maybe they can get something going, become their own big three in the East. Maybe that's maybe something he's looking for. Obviously, you know he can't go play for someone. He can't go play with like LeBron or something because the Lakers broke as a joke. So I don't know. Maybe he just looks at Embiid because Embiid's an amazing player. So is Tobias Harris and. A point guard who's really good, Tyrese Maxey. He's also played really good this year. So maybe he looks at that, and you know, says, you know, I have a better chance probably winning with them, you know, than I do with the Nets because currently the Nets sit in eighth, while you know the Seventy Sixers sit in fifth. But Seventy Sixers are only two and a half games behind uh, Miami Heat, who the Heat are the one seed. So. You know, maybe he's the one that, you know, finally gets it done and they don't, you know, lose to, you know, stupid old Atlanta in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't, you know. You know, it's uh, only time will tell. You know what I mean? You know, basically it's whether or not James Harden meshes with Embiid. That's, you know, the real question. Uh, obviously, Ben Simmons and Embiid didn't make any sense together. Two ball-dominant interior paint players 
basically trying to trying to muscle their way into the paint you know obviously too many bodies you know this the the you know the chemistry just didn't work almost like uh the Lakers should have probably, you know, thought about that before they acquired Russell Westbrook. But, you know, no, no, nothing about that, you know, really is out of sorts. Yeah, I think James Harden is probably a good fit in in Philly. Uh, he probably – don't get me wrong. I mean, Philadelphia fans are ruthless. So there is a timeline that James Harden just is fed up with Philly after his small little stint with them and then he leaves immediately this offseason. Like, he just bitch, bitch whines and moans until they allow him to leave and he just leaves. But uh, I think if he could, if I think if he can make it work and they can make it work, that the 76ers are definitely, as you said, the most talented team in the East. And they probably would be the prohibited favorites other than the Bucks, obviously. But the Bucks are a completely different animal because now the Bucks obviously have the championship experience as well so they're they're obviously the favorite because of Giannis but other than that yeah you know I'd say Giannis is pretty good you know uh speaking speaking of James Harden and Giannis uh James Harden would argue that he's not very good and that the only reason why he's good at basketball is because he can just dunk every single time that's that uh, if people don't know that that is a direct quote from James Harden about Giannis. okay well you can say the same thing about Shaquille O'Neal well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, David. Is that James Harden? Uh, James Harden is very salty that Giannis is good at basketball. So, uh, but he'll probably get he'll probably get a chance to play Giannis uh, pretty deep in the playoffs. So we'll probably we'll, fi- we'll figure out who's who's actually who's actually good and who's not. Apparently, according to James Harden. But uh, in other news, you know, there's a lot of different there's not a lot of different other trades. Uh, an absolute head scratcher, in my opinion, is the Kings uh, giving up Halberton to get Sabonis. In one of the weirdest trades I've ever seen in my life, uh, the other day I, I read this, and it is basically the Sacramento Kings going, take our entire future, we don't want it. And then they just got DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday, and then the and then the Pacers' 2023 second-round pick. And then the Kings gave them Tyrese Halberton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. So... Basically, what this deal says to me is that Sacramento doesn't care about winning, or they do care about winning, but they only care about it right now, and they really don't care about the future at all. Because if they think that getting DeMontis Sabonis and pairing him with De'Aaron Fox makes them a championship contender, they are. I want to know what drugs they're on because apparently they're pretty good. So you're saying it's a bad trade? Um, well, considering that you lost your, a lot of people, a lot of people would consider Halberton and Heald their two best players, and they traded they traded them for Demontis Sabonis, who in the past couple of years has been very, very injury prone. As our friend, as our friend Matthew has 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 stated a lot of times, Demontis Sabonis uh, has been very injury prone. Uh, he's in my opinion, he's not like a superstar. Don't get me wrong; he's an all-star, but he's not a superstar. In my opinion, he's not a life-changing player. In my opinion, so them trading Tyrese Halberton and Buddy Heald to acquire him just, in my opinion, it makes zero sense, and I have no idea why they did it. But I don't know. He could he could average a fucking triple double, and I look like an idiot. But I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, other than that, it's I just I just don't get it. But uh. Another trade I specifically want to ask you about because Uh-oh. I think it's I think it's very interesting because the Celtics 
uh, acquired Daniel Tice from the Rockets for Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, uh, famously, you know, Lakers point guard that wanted $27 million a year. Uh, and then, you know, they got to the playoffs and he did fuck all. Um, so, so Dennis Schroeder, uh, what, what is, what are your thoughts on Dennis Schroeder? And do you think that Dennis Schroeder is basically done in the NBA and people are just swapping his salary around? Schroeder is a bum. Asked for all that money. I mean, like, acting like the Lakers were going to pay him. And now he gets shipped off again. The Celtics don't even want him. So now he goes to go play with the bum Rockets. And they've traded him for a player that they literally drafted. So he's probably getting to the end of his career. He's asking for too much money. He's more of a role player. He ain't like a, a star point guard or anything special like that. He needs to chill out. Too big of an ego. Yeah, uh, that's really the that, that's really the only reason why I even wanted to want to talk about that trade. I just thought it was funny that the that the Celtics acquired Daniel Tice, a player that they've had before, just because they didn't want. As obviously, like when you make a trade like this, it's like that you don't want Dennis Schroeder. It's not because you want Daniel Tice; it's because you do not want uh, Dennis Schroeder. Obviously, uh, another trade that did not happen to probably the chagrin of David. Uh, being a Lakers fan, is that uh, Russell Westbrook is still a Los Angeles Laker, David. Um, mm. Do you think that the Lakers can, you know, pull it together, you know, sit around the campfire, have a kumbaya, uh, and, like, spiritually heal their team chemistry? Or do you think that uh, that, it's, that it's over and that LeBron's just got to scrap it and he needs to, like, take a different approach into next year? Um, the Lakers will probably, you know, it's LeBron. They'll probably, they'll make the playoffs somehow. Just somehow. I don't know how. They'll, like, sneak in there somehow. Um, probably won't go far, though. So, they'll probably sit back, look at everything. Um, more than likely, um, more than likely, Russell Westbrook will be gone at the end of the year. Since they couldn't get a trade. Uh, reports are is that the Lakers were very aggressive to try to get rid of Russell Westbrook, but couldn't get anything. Went after a switch for John Wall with the Rockets, but I uh, couldn't get him. So, and Westbrook's, you know, playing like a bum, um, because he is a bum. Horrible shots, everything, lots of turnovers. Um, don't know what he's doing. Don't know what happened to 2017 Russell Westbrook. He was an MVP. I think it was a horrible trade on the Lakers in at the start of the season. They should have gone after someone like John Wall. Um, Russell Westbrook demands too much of the ball, and he's kind of stupid with the ball. And he also always leads the league in turnovers. He's a big-time stat patter. He's not a team player. We need team players, Blake, not bums. Yeah, you know, uh, before the year, everybody but the Lakers, you know, basically were like, that's a dumb, dumb idea. Why would you pair Westbrook with LeBron and AD? That makes no sense. Why wouldn't you go out and get a player that's going to be more uh, compatible with their play style? Uh, nobody thought it was going to work out. Uh, duh. It didn't It didn't end up working out. Uh, Westbrook doesn't even get put into the lineup for closing situations because of how bad he is at the free throw line, how bad he is from the field. His efficiency ratings are terrible. Uh, all stuff we already knew about what Russell Westbrook. So why people are very surprised by this, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, but 
uh, Russell Westbrook needs to go play for a team like the, uh, I don't know, honestly, like the Rockets. Honestly, he just needs to go back and then, and then just like, and then just, or he needs to, he needs to go, he basically either needs to go to a team that needs him and he is the only person on the floor that does anything. Like he needs to go play for like the Rockets and he's like their only good player or he needs to find a like non-ball dominant superstar that needs that needs his his like effort and like his hustle. But if like he can't find that, then he's basically I mean, honestly for what he for what he wants and the money that he's going to going to bring uh I just don't think that he's that he's worth it. He's worth it at all, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think the Lakers are gonna hold on to him. I don't think there's any love lost, really. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, LeBron's getting older. Uh, he's probably facing his his basketball mortality a little bit now than ever. Uh, don't get me wrong. Le- Le- LeBron hasn't really lost a step, but he's he's also you know sprinkled a little bit of seeds in the media that uh. He wants to go wherever Bronny lands in the NBA. Uh, all right, LeBron. Nice thing, assuming that Bronny's just going to immediately get into the NBA. But uh, all right, um, huh. <laughs> kind of kind of calling a shot. It's almost a little bit of, th- of a threat, really. He's like, he's like, oh, he's like, oh man, you know, if you, you better um, watch yourself, dog. <laughs> you don't draft my son, you know. He's like, huh. oh, man, he's like, problems. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I mean, basically the the. Opinion is that if you get Bronny, you basically get LeBron, and LeBron basically has said multiple times that he wants to play with his son. That's his end goal of his career. So, I mean, yeah, that guy's a bum. Uh, basically, it's in the NBA. Basically, you know, it's whether or not Russell Westbrook can get his fucking shit together, and uh, whether or not the the Lakers can even register on the Suns and Bucks radar, which at this point is not very likely in the season. Uh, another the last trade I really wanted to I really wanted to touch on was uh the the trade that uh the Pelicans made to land CJ McCollum from the Blazers. Uh the reason I don't actually I'm not actually gonna talk about this trade at all because CJ McCollum, you know, he was expensive and the Blazers wanted to wanted to get up off of him anyways. But do you think that Damian Lillard is going to leave the Trailblazers, or do you think that all the stuff that he's saying about oh the Portland is my forever home, I want to stay here for my entire career, do you think that stuff is true, or do you think that in the offseason he's going to go play with like another superstar and he's going to go chase a ring? Uh, I don't know. See, it's like so hard to read. You know what Damian Lillard? I could see him not leaving and just you know staying because. Maybe he just wants to stay true to his word and never join a superstar team. But then again, you know, you want to win. That, like, solidifies you going to, like, Hall of Fame. You know, winning the you know, NBA Finals. You know, I think a lot of people said... I think a lot of people think that CP3 should be in the Hall of Fame, but if he had won that Finals last year, it would have, like, solidified him definitely being in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I honestly, I think that the... The NBA Hall of Fame, uh, as everybody knows, I mean, it's not that hard to get into. So I'm sure that Chris Paul will probably get into the Hall of Fame. But I know what you mean. It's like it's, it's like does Damian Lillard want that that Finals on his resume? Does he think that he needs that Finals on his resume to 
be considered like one of the the greatest point guards to ever to ever play the position. And whether or not Dame Lillard is even concerned about that, uh, he obviously you know has his rap career. You know he's concerned about other things. Uh, maybe that maybe that's some of his motivation of why he's staying in Portland. Maybe he has you know connections there with all that other, with all, all that other stuff that he's doing. Uh, he's obviously not a one dimensional athlete. He has a lot of other things that he that he likes to do, but uh, which is kind of head scratching why he doesn't seem to have interest in playing for the Lakers in LA because um, pairing him with LeBron in LA and him pursuing his rap career just seems like a no brainer for me, but I don't know. I'm not associated with Damon Lillard. I have no idea what he thinks about LeBron or anything like that. So I don't know, but it just seems like a, it seems like a no brainer. It seems like it's something that makes sense, but uh, really the only, the only, the only, People that lose in the scenario are Trailblazers fans because, yeah, you have Damian Lillard if he stays, but like, let's get real here: Damian Lillard cannot carry an entire organization by himself with all these other teams floating around, like the Phoenix Suns, who who are just like who are just loaded like depth superstars, like all stuff like that, and like Dame is not cannot carry this franchise by himself, right. I agree with that. You know, he's trying, but he can't. So. It's, just, it's just not. It's just. It's just not realistic. And I. And I hope. I hope for Dame's sake that he. He decides to move on because I just don't think. I don't. I don't think blind loyalty to an organization, especially in the NBA, uh, is going to award you with very many things. So don't get me wrong. People like Damian Lillard because of how loyal he is, but. I don't think any. I don't think Damian Lillard would lose any fans if he moved on from Portland, especially after the departure of McCollum, which makes it even even more even more like you know advantageous for him to get out of Portland. Obviously, um, the the next trade uh, and probably the last one that I wanted to, that I wanted to touch on was the Wizards acquiring. Kristaps Porzingis, which is which is an, which is an interesting one. Um, it's probably the only one that I was like, that I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess, I guess the wizards are, are serious about, you know, trying to, trying to win right now. Uh, right. David, does this, does this make the, the wizards a team that, uh, anybody should worry about in the East or do you just think this no, is there's some bomb, there's some bomb <laughs> do, do you think that this, this is just the, the wizards flailing around and hoping something works? No, they're like on the cusp again, the tenth seed. Currently the Hawks are holding them out. I guess they're gonna try to make the playoffs, but Porzingis is not your guy to make the playoffs. I go to the bum. I mean if you apparently if you ask the if you ask the Wizards the Wizards front office, apparently uh, Porzingis is their guy, man. Whatever they're on, I want. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know. But yeah, other than He's that uh but yeah, other than that, you know, uh, the last topic, you know, I'll just uh, I'll touch on is a uh, a little bit of a little bit of you know college basketball, college basketball news. You know, just an update. You know, David is a is a college basketball expert. Uh, David, who do you think right now is the uh, the best team in college basketball, and and why? Mm, very interesting question here. There's a very very interesting question. There's no clear cut number one this year. Um, Auburn just lost a couple of days ago to, uh, was it Arkansas? Um, Gonzaga's already lost a few. 
Purdue's lost a few. Everybody's lost a few. There's no clear cut number one. So as far as that goes, who's number one? Um, I'm not really sure to be honest. Do you have a? Do you have like a? Do you have, do you have teams that you would put into that echelon, or do you think that it's one of the years where the bracket's going to be going to be wide open, and we're going to see a lot of a lot of people punching up in weight class because of like the the talent balance in the sport, or do you think or do you think that it's going to be dominated by a couple of top heavy teams? Like, how do you think it's going to go? Um, hard to say. I know, like, at the through their stretch, Auburn was playing very well, and then when they got that number one rank, I guess it kind of like went to their head, and they were like starting to play people like really close that they shouldn't have played close. Yeah, you can't ever drink the Kool Aid, ladies and gentlemen. Just remember that at home. Can't ever, can't ever drink the, can't ever get the rat poison, as Nick Saban would say. Can't, can't eat the rat poison. The delicious rat poison. Obviously, it caught them, and they they finally lost. Yeah, they lost in overtime, but they still lost. Um, and then Gonzaga kind of got manhandled by Duke, but Duke's lost a couple. Um, Duke, uh, Duke just lost. Didn't they lose to Virginia last night? No, they they're playing right now. Duke's playing Duke, right now. Duke is playing right now. Yeah, they lost oh. to Virginia. I don't think it was last night. I think it was like a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. But yeah, some shocking losses from Duke. Uh, I'm not sure what they're doing. Yeah, they only lost by one to Virginia, so I ain't gonna like credit that too much, though. Uh, hey man, still, still, uh, still a loss. I a think loss it's wide play. open, but <laughs> I think it's wide open. But uh, obviously, you know, you got Auburn, Gonzaga, Purdue, even Kentucky. Kentucky might be the best, you know, team in the SEC. So it'll be interesting to see as the season goes on. Big so, Ten's really interesting as well because Illinois, Wisconsin, and Michigan State. So basically, what you're saying is that you know the usual the usual suspects are pretty good. We're not entirely sure which one of them is the is the top dog yet, but we'll 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 find out with a little bit more a little bit more play into the season. Is basically what you're saying. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. You know, it's all about who gets hot at the end of the season, right at the right time. You know. All right. Well, never, you never know what happens. Yeah, that's really that's really all the topics you know we wanted to hit on today. Uh, we'll try to you know be a little bit more consistent with uh, you know the schedule. Obviously, you know we disappeared, but uh, we're you know we're trying to come back, make this a little bit more of a consistent thing. Probably gonna probably gonna do this every every Thursday. I think that's probably a good uh, good idea. Schedule probably probably merits that a little bit better, and uh, this will probably go up on you know your usual you know platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts uh anchor uh it'll go up on youtube uh and all that stuff like that and i uh, appreciate you guys listening and uh we'll see you next time see ya